1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Day my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive as I am taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. And as you're seated, if you would, turn your Bible to Leviticus chapter 26. I'm also going to give you an extra verse from Ephesians as we begin. And it's a verse that I would keep in mind and I would have on your heart in 2022. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 5, verse 14, quoting the Old Testament, Awake, thou that sleepest, and Christ will give thee light. You might ask, Austin, is it possible for people to be asleep? And we have the answer before us. It is possible. Many times over the last few years, my father and I have talked privately, and we've, we've discussed this. What will it take for God to have people's attention? And it just seems to be that no matter what goes on in the world, no matter what goes on in the news, no matter what is happening, there are people, and they're, they're just asleep. And they think everything is normal, or what the world calls the new normal, and they're asleep. And they're not dialed into the reality of the times in which we live. And my, my purpose today, my goal today is to dial you into the reality of the days in which we live. So you can live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. So you can live a life that is blessed of the Lord. So you can raise your children, your family to serve the Lord faithfully in the days in which we're living. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. He literally said, have the God kind of faith. Have faith like Father God. Hebrews 11 and verse 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible. Say, say impossible. impossible. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So we turn on the news. As we see what's going on around us, a plague has been sent upon the world and upon America. Why and how did this happen? In our nation, ever 
increasing wickedness has led us here to the judgment of God. I have, I have friends, I have acquaintances, and they're, they're of the mindset that God can't and God won't judge America. Well, they, they've not read the Bible because of idolatry, because of wickedness, despite the Lord's repeated warnings through his prophets. He permitted. Tell your neighbor, say, he permitted. Tell your other neighbor, say, he permitted. He, he permitted the, the children, the grandchildren, the descendants of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob to be carried off into exile in Babylon. And if he would permit that with the descendants of Abraham, why, why would we think that the same standards would not apply to other nations and other peoples? So why and how did this happen? Well, in our nation, ever-increasing wickedness has led us here to the judgment of God, the slaughter of the unborn, the defamation and the desecration, the mockery of marriage, the defamation, the desecration, the mockery of gender roles, male and female, created in the image of God, the perversion and poisoning of children through the public school system and higher education, which teach debauchery and the worst moral behavior. These are days like the days of Noah. We live in days when men heap up, they, they stack up their sins to the limit. And because of that, the wrath of God is coming. Jesus said in Matthew 24, beginning in verse 37, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Up to the day Noah entered the ark. They had no clue about the days in which they lived. They had no clue about what was coming. They had no indication. And yes, God had a man. The New Testament calls Noah a righteous man. And they mocked him. They made fun of him. They took him for granted. They carried on as normal. Verse 39, they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. And Jesus said, that is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. So in Noah's day, they didn't realize judgment was coming until it was eternally too late. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. The judgment that has come upon our nation and the world, it is Leviticus 26 in action. We are not ancient Israel, but God consistently deals with nations and peoples according to the same principles. And we first see how God rewards obedience. Look at Leviticus 26, beginning in verse 1. This is how God rewards obedience. Do not make idols or set up an image or a sacred stone for yourselves. Do not place a carved stone in your land to bow down before it. I am the Lord your God. Observe my Sabbaths and have reverence for my sanctuary. Well, th think about just that. Do people have reverence for the sanctuary of the Lord? Right now, there are people doing all kinds of other things. 
And somebody might say, well, it's not safe, this or that. And yet, right now, all across America, ball stadiums are full. See, the Lord knows our heart by what we do, by who and what we put first. Have reverence for my sanctuary. I am the Lord. If you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commands, I will send rain in its season and the ground will yield its crops and trees and the field their fruit. Your threshing will continue until grape harvest and the grape harvest will continue until planting and you will eat all the food you want and live in safety in your land. I will grant peace in the land and you will lie down and no one will make you afraid. I will remove savage, savage beasts from the land and the sword will not pass through your country. You will pursue your enemies and they will fall by the sword before you. Five of you will chase a hundred and a hundred of you will chase 10,000 and your enemies will fall by the sword before you. I will look on you with favor and make you fruitful and increase your numbers. I will keep my covenant with you. You will be eating last, you will still be eating last year's harvest when you will have to move it out to make room for the new. I will put my dwelling place among you and I will not abhor you. I will walk among you and be your God and you will be my people. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt so that you would no longer be slaves to the Egyptians. I broke the bars of your yoke and enabled you to walk with heads held high. So blessings for obedience. But then the Lord told them how he would repay disobedience. And no, we are not ancient Israel, but God consistently deals with nations and peoples according to the same principles. And in the verses that follow, we see how God repays disobedience. In verses 14 through 17, we have level one punishment. And any parent that's a good parent understands this. Stop. Cease and desist. Knock it off or you're going to be in timeout. Oh, you want to continue? Well, here's level two, level three, level four. And our heavenly father, he, he's a good father. He is just and he does not put up with forever the sins of men. But if you will not listen to me and carry out all these commands and if you reject my decrees and abhor my laws and fail to carry out all my commands and so violate my covenant, then I will do this to you. I will bring upon you sudden terror, wasting diseases and fever that will destroy your sight and drain away your life. You will plant seed in vain because your enemies will eat it. I will set my face against you so that you will be defeated by your enemies. Those who hate you will rule over you. You will flee even when no one is pursuing you. So at just level one, God says, those who hate you will rule over you. Well, friends, that is what we have in our nation and the world today. In the verses that follow, we then have level two punishment, which is seven times worse than level one. Verse 14, verse 18, excuse me. If after all this you will not listen to me, I will punish you for your sins seven times over. I will break down your stubborn pride and make the sky above you like iron the ground beneath you like bronze. Your strength will be spent in vain because your soil will not yield its crops, nor will the trees of the land yield their fruit. If you remain hostile toward me and refuse to listen to me, I will multiply your affliction seven times over as your sins deserve. I will send wild animals against you. 
They will rob you of your children, destroy your cattle, and make you so few in number your roads will be deserted. In verse 23 and following, we then have level three punishment, which is seven times worse than level two. If in spite of these things you do not accept my correction, but continue to be hostile toward me, I myself will be hostile toward you and will afflict you for your sins seven times over. I will bring the sword upon you to avenge the breaking of the covenant. When you withdraw into your cities, I will send a plague among you. You will be given into enemy hands. When I cut off your supply of bread, ten women will be able to bake your bread in one oven, and they will dole out the bread by weight. You will eat, but you will not be satisfied. At just level three, again, God says, I will bring, I will send a plague among you. And that is what we have today. Verse 27 and following, we then have level four punishment, which again is seven times worse than level three. Verse 27, if in spite of this, you still do not listen to me, but continue to be hostile toward me. It's like the conversation my father and I have. What, what, what needs to happen? What needs to go on? What will it take for, for the Lord to have people's attention? What, what needs to go on? What, what needs to happen? What, what needs to be in the news so that people will finally say to themselves, I need to live right. I need to put God first. I need to live ready to meet the Lord. If in spite of this, you still do not listen to me, but continue to be hostile toward me, then in my anger, I will be hostile toward you, and my, myself will punish you for your sins seven times over. You will eat the flesh of your sons and the flesh of your daughters. Verse 31, I will turn your cities into ruins. Verse 32, I will lay waste the land so your enemies who live there will be appalled. I will scatter you among the nations and will draw out my sword and pursue you. Your land will be laid waste. Your cities will lie in ruins. Verse 37, you will not be able to stand before your enemies. Verse 38, you will perish among the nations. Verse 43, they will pay for their sins because they have rejected my laws and they have abhorred my decrees. And like the latter part of Deuteronomy 28, if you read on in Leviticus 26, it gets worse and worse and worse. We are living in the last days. We are living in the end times. I, saw, I was so grieved to see someone I know recently doing a series, this is not the end. It is the end. The evidence for it is all around us. And we better get our minds right. We better get our hearts right. We better do what we need to do to protect our families and our children and to raise them to serve the Lord until he comes for his church. Because it is the end. We are living in the last days. And whether the Lord comes this year or two years from now or five years from now, it's going to get more and more and more wicked. And so we have to live right and raise our children to live right and lay, raise our children to serve the Lord in the days in which we're living. What does the Bible say about the last days? What did Jesus himself say about the end times? Turn to Matthew chapter 13, beginning in verse 24. Matthew 13, beginning in verse 24, the parable of the weeds. 
Verse 24, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. While everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the weeds sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you're pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Today's message is entitled, The Calling. The Calling. Number one, the weeds get identified first. The weeds get identified first. And in 2019 and 2020 and 2021, and it will be more so this year, 2022, with all that is going on in the world, one of the things that is happening is weeds are being identified. And weeds are being identified in the body of Christ. What will it take for people to begin preaching the Bible and the commands and the requirements of God? What will it take for the church to stand strong on the word of God and to call righteousness, righteousness, and sin, sin? What will it take for the church in America to tell people they have to turn from their sins? That you just can't say you live for the Lord and love the Lord and keep living the same life. And yet, there are people that do not seem dialed into the reality of the days in which we're living. Ephesians 5.14, Awake thou that sleepest, and Christ shall give thee light. The weeds get identified first. And one of the main things that indicates a weed is idolatry. One of the main things that identifies a weed is idolatry. An idol is anything that you put ahead of God or ahead of the Word of God. An idol is anything that you put ahead of God or God's Word. And I know when we say the word idol, we often think of perhaps if somebody has a statue of Buddha, and of course, those are idols. And all around the world, people worship and bow down to idols. But in America today, people have many idols. And amongst God's people, there are many idols. And there is much idolatry. An idol is anything that someone puts ahead of God or ahead of God's word. Too many believers put race or ethnicity or nationality or social movements ahead of God and ahead of God's word. Somebody might ask me, Austin, are you this or that? I am a Christian. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. That is the movement I am a part of. The kingdom of God. Everything else is secondary or third or fourth or fifth or sixth or seventh. God and his word comes 
first. Amen. You know, when I grew up in my parents' home and the years would roll around to, to vote, my parents did the best, their best to vote for the best person. But as a child, as a teenager, I never perceived that my parents were fans of someone. That they, they would go and they would wait in line and they would get all dressed out to, to sing the praises of a man. We, we live in days of idolatry. And America has just begun to pay the price. An idol is anything you put ahead of God or ahead of God's word. Too many believers put politics and political parties and political personalities ahead of God, ahead of God's word. That is idolatry. And we are paying the price in our nation for idolatry. There's a man, and it, it, I cringe every time he lets the words come out of his mouth. And because of what he's done, now many people don't want to have him on, but guess who will have him on? Christian TV. And they have him on, and it, they actually let him say these words, that he has done more for Christianity than anyone else. That is idolatry. Jesus Christ has done more for his church than anyone else. And what grieves me, what concerns me, is people don't seem to have eyes to see. There are believers, and when they have a family member who embraces a sinful lifestyle, they put their loyalty to that family member ahead of God and ahead of God's word. Throughout America, countless families no longer put God first on the Lord's Day on Sunday. As soon as people had the opportunity to not go to church, many in America never went back. They are doers of man's word, but they are not doers of God's word. That is an idol. That is idolatry. An idol is anything you put ahead of God or ahead of God's word. Modern progressive Western society is one lie and one cult built upon another. It's not just a house of cards. It is a house of of lies and these lies and these cults all prey upon women and children. It's a lie of the world that children are born that way. They're not. We are all made in the image of God. Children are not born that way. No, they are turned that way by corrupt and perverted adults. In America's schools now, young children are being told to pick their gender. Even here in Texas, even now when a young person in Texas applies to Baylor, 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 they are asked to pick their gender. Children in our nation are being led into confusion. They're being told that they might be a boy or they might be a girl or they might be some combination now of an infinite number of genders. As in the days of Noah, Perversity upon perversity, sins being stored up to the full measure. Psychological and medical experiments are being done on children. Children are being given puberty blockers, and they are being physically mutilated by depraved doctors and parents who have to go along with it. And that's before we even talk about Dr. F or Dr. Frankenstein, whatever you want to call him. I would encourage you to read. I would encourage you to think. 
to be informed. Listen to truthful and honest physicians and doctors. Read. Find out what these experimental vaccines do. Ask questions. Just recently, the FDA wanted 75 years, 75 years to release the Pfizer vaccine data. 75 years. And thankfully, a judge said no. Believe they have to release 55,000 pages every 30 days, unless that gets overruled. So thank God for good judges. These rushed and experimental vaccines for which there is no legal liability, which is a gift from the previous administration, for which there is no legal liability. They produce spike proteins that lodge in three places, the brain, the heart, and reproductive organs. And anyone that knows, Jessica and I knows, we are middle-of-the-road people. But you have to be asleep not to be concerned about what's going on. You have to be asleep to think that the government and politicians and these pharmaceutical companies, that they care about us and they care about our health and they care about whether or not our children can have children someday and families of their own. They care about one thing and that is mammon. Matthew 13, 27, the owner's servants came and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you're pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, First, collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. So notice, number one, the weeds get identified first. Just this past week, I saw a clip of a church in a liberal state, and from the pulpit, their announcements, they they were encouraging people in the church to go down to the community clinic. But when they go to make sure they mention the church's name, because for each person that goes, and every time they mention the church's name, the church will get an extra $100. Whereas last Sunday, I pointed out to you that Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I will accept nothing from you. Churches putting the health of their people at risk for an extra $100 per person. These people are going to bust hell wide open. They are weeds. They are tares. I was so grieved. Jessica tells me, don't look. But sometimes I'll look. I'm curious, what's, what's going on? What are people saying? What are people doing? And I was, I was so grieved to see a full gospel pastor, one of the most famous people in the world, and he's in agreement with what's going on in Australia. And they're going to go along. They're going to comply. They're going to require that people show their papers or their passes to come to church. The weeds get identified first. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds, tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Before the harvest, the weeds get identified first. And this parable explains what we see happening around us. 
And this is why in the midst of everything going on, in the midst of everything going on in the world, in the midst of this plague, at Faith Christian Center in St. Paul's, we've just been walking in the blessing of God. While all of this insanity is going on, we have been walking in the blessing of God. And why is that? We have been steadfast. We have stayed with the word. We have put no other gods before us. We have taught the requirements and the covenants of God. And regardless of what's going on, we're having church, we're having school, we're, we're teaching the word of God. We're not about what is popular. And somebody might say to me, well, Austin, if you'll get better dialed into what's popular, that could help you, and that could help you have more Facebook friends and Instagram followers, and that, that could help your bottom line, and that could help you be a greater success. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want someday my children to wonder where I am. We have stayed steadfast. We have stayed with the word. We have looked to our heavenly father as our source and our supply and our provider and our protector and our healer, not man. You know, people seem to think now that the government, if you do everything the government says, the government can keep you from ever getting sick again. It's idolatry. We have looked to God as our source and our supply and our protector. We have looked to the Lord as our healer, not man, not the government, not President Trump, not President Biden, not Dr. F, not Pfizer, not Moderna, not Johnson & Johnson, not AstraZeneca. God is our source and our supply. God is our healer. God is our protector. So in days of idolatry and insanity and fear, we've just stayed with the word of God. And God has protected us. God has blessed us. God has prospered us. Just this weekend, I opened a letter at my house, fundraising letter, and then they, they put in there, well, we, we have not had church in more than two years. And not in Canada or some place where they've got a tyrannical government, but in a place in America where the willing can gather. And I, I read stuff like that and think to myself, well, we've been having church. We're going to be having church. We'll be gathering. We'll be gathering. We'll be gathering. And I told a friend in Canada, you know, look, if you have to gather in a barn in secret, not put it on Facebook, do what you got to do, but gather. And listen, I understand that when it comes time to vote, one candidate may be better than another. I understand one candidate may be the lesser of two evils. But friends, our trust, our confidence, our faith should not be in any man or woman or in the government. Our trust, our confidence, our faith should be in God and the Word of God. And you have to understand, we're entering in the days where you go and it's not just the lesser of two evils because both candidates are four things that I as a Christian cannot vote for. We are there. We are quickly there. So our trust, our confidence, our faith has to be in God and his word. In days of idolatry, many are identifying themselves as weeds and it is the calling. It is the calling that precedes the parousia of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, after the weeds get identified first, the wheat 
is gathered in second. Matthew 13, verse 24, Jesus told them, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed seed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this. The servants asked, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered. Because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. So it grieves us, we see weeds. It grieves us, we see weeds and more weeds. It grieves us. But we know what's coming next. Gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. The Lord is coming for his church. The Lord is coming for a victorious church. The Lord is coming for a church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. The Lord is coming for a church that has not compromised herself. Read Revelation. There's evidence all around us that we are close to the end. The Apostle John was exiled on the island of Patmos. And on the Lord's day, he was worshiping the Lord. He, he was exiled. I know sometimes people want to think that he was on a Caribbean island getaway. They had tried to kill him by dipping him in burning tar. And they, they failed. It had no effect on him. Because God still had one more thing for John to do. And that was to write the Revelation. And so they sentenced him to Patmos, an island that was a rock quarry. And on the Lord's day, he was in the spirit. On the Lord's day, he was worshiping the Lord. And the Lord Jesus Christ appeared to him and gave him the revelation. Revelation 119, Jesus said to John, write therefore what you have seen, what is now, and what will take place later. What you have seen is Revelation chapter 1. What is now is Revelation chapters 2 and 3, where John records Jesus' words to the seven churches of Asia, which represented the church then and now. It is the present church age. What will take place later begins in Revelation chapter 4. And Revelation 4 and verse 1 is the parousia of the church, what the Latin Vulgate called the rapture of the church, which is the violent seizing away of the church from planet earth. That word means to, sneeze, to seize, to snatch up, to catch away suddenly, violently, forcefully, to pull the church from planet earth. After this I looked and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had heard, first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here. And I will show you what must take place after this. The King James says, come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Now, we don't know the length of time that passes in each chapter in Revelation, but look at Revelation 6 and verse 8. I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind him. They were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. Plague, 
In chapter 6 of Revelation, just two chapters after the rapture of the church, one-fourth of the population of the earth dies. Just two chapters later, Dr. Michael Yeadon, who is Pfizer's former vice president of research, he estimates that these leaky vaccines, which cause autoimmune disorder because of what's in them, and because they were used on a mass scale during a pandemic, he estimates that they will kill billions over time. Why is that? Because they overwrite a person's immune system, and they shut down native immunity T-cells. And just one thing T-cells do every day is take out and kill cancer cells. And if you read, if you're informed, the mortality rate around the world is going up. The all-cause mortality rate around the world is dramatically increasing. Bad news is ahead for the world. Bad news is ahead for the weeds, for the tares. But good news is ahead for the people of God. It is possible that chapter 6 of Revelation is right ahead for humanity. And remember, the parousia of the church, the rapture must happen first. And these monsters of iniquity won't see what they've done and stop. We know this because Revelation 9, beginning in verse 12, says, The first woe is past, the two woes are yet to come. The sixth angel sounded his trumpet, and I heard a voice coming from the horns of the golden altar, that is, before God. It said to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. And the four angels who had been kept ready for this very hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. The number of the mounted troops was 200 million. I heard their number. The horses and riders I saw in my vision looked like this. Their breastplates were fiery red, dark blue and yellow as sulfur. The heads of the horses resembled the heads of lions. And out of their mouths came fire, smoke, smoke and sulfur. A third of mankind was killed by the three plagues of fire, smoke, and sulfur that came out of their mouths. Plagues. One-fourth of humanity dies in Revelation 6, then one-third in Revelation 9. That is one-half of the earth's population dead by Revelation chapter 9. And of course, there have been plagues in the past. Why is now different? Never before has the technology been in place to keep people from buying or selling unless they submit to the mark of the beast, which is mentioned in Revelation 13 and 16. You know, if we could go back in time, and if I could go back to 2015 or 16 or 17 or 18, and I told you that in 2021, people's jobs would be being threatened, that if you don't do this, you're going to lose your job. If you don't do this, you're not going to get paid. If you don't do this, your health insurance will go up. If you don't do this, you're going to have to pay a fee or a fine every week. If you don't do this, you can't fly somewhere. You can't go somewhere. You can't do this or that. People would have said I was crazy. And things that people said or pointed out last year that were called crazy or conspiracy theories or that'll never happen. Just turn on the news today. And look, I understand. Somebody could have thought one shot, two shots. Now I can work. Now I can travel. But now in Israel, you're not considered vaccinated unless you've had a fourth shot. And again, again, I'm not some crazy nutty person. I'm a middle of the road guy. 
All of our children have had the traditional vaccine spaced out. But any thinking, honest person knows all of this was rushed. And they gave immunity, legal immunity to these companies. But people will put their trust in the government. They'll put their trust in Trump or Biden. They'll put their trust in Fauci. They'll put their trust in an injection so they won't get sick. They won't have the cold. They won't have the flu. But they won't be in church on Sunday morning. They won't tithe. They won't be a doer of the word of God. They won't do what they need to do to protect their children, to put them in a good school, to keep them safe. Judgment's coming. I said, judgment's coming. And as sobering as any of this is, there are more sobering things on the horizon. The New Testament says, be sober-minded. Never before has the technology been in place to keep people from buying or selling unless they submit to the mark of the beast, which is mentioned in Revelation 13 and 16. Revelation 13, verse 16, he also forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. Right now, a Swedish company has the technology for a chip that can contain people's COVID passport without which in some countries. It's already a reality. It's becoming a reality. Without which in some countries, they will not be able to buy or sell or travel or live a normal life. Just Friday, when debating the Biden administration's unconstitutional COVID vaccine mandate, a Supreme Court justice foolishly compared human beings to malfunctioning machines. The inference is we just need a regular shot or a software update to fix us. Not since Genesis 6 has Satan tinkered with the human genome. Judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. And along with the mark comes worship of the beast. Revelation 16, verse 1, I heard a loud voice from the temple saying, to the seven angels go, pour out the seven bowls of God's wrath on the earth. The first angel went and poured out his bowl on the land, and ugly and painful sores broke out on the people who had the mark of the beast and who worship his image. With all that has gone on in the last 10 years in our nation, with all that went on in the 20th century, but what we have seen in the last 10 years in our nation, is it hard to picture the earth and the nations of the earth and people worshiping a man? It's coming. Our trust should be in God. Our trust should be in his word, not man, not the government. How can people trust the government with their health care? It's the same government that gave smallpox blankets to Native Americans. It's the same government that experimented on black men by giving them syphilis between 1932 and 72 in the so-called Tuskegee syphilis study. It's the same government that sprayed deadly zinc cadmium sulfide particles over poor black neighborhoods in St. Louis in the 1950s. 
It's the same government when they did atomic experiments. They had our servicemen stand at different distances to study the effects of atomic weapons. Got to think, got to read, got to be informed. Our trust should be in God and his word, not man, not the government. Jesus said in Luke 4 and verse 8, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The Bible warns there will be a great apostasy during the last days. 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 3, Paul wrote, let no man deceive you by any means, which means people can be deceived. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. The ESV version calls this the rebellion. This great apostasy, the rebellion, is the great falling away. And that's what we're seeing in real time now. Just this week, there was the first story. There'll be more. A mega church announcing that, you know, there's enough coming in virtual. They, they don't need to have church in person anymore. So they're, they're liquidating the church, liquidating the church property. Mega church property going to be bulldozed for a housing development. Well, they, they figured out they can stay at home in their PJs and enough will come in to take care of who? The people doing the video. Selfish, selfish, selfish. The church, the body, it is the ecclesia, it is the gathering, it is the community. Amen. Judgment is coming. We're seeing the weeds, we're seeing more weeds, and we're seeing a falling away. Matthew 24, verse 10, Jesus said, at that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most. And I'd mark that, I'd underline that in your Bible. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most. The love of how many? The love of most will grow cold. My father and I have encountered far too many believers who refuse to obey God's word. They refuse to be doers of God's word. But in the last two years, we've, we've seen them do everything man says to do. Stay home, they stayed home. Don't go to church, they didn't go to church. One shot, two shots, three shots. Wear a mask, wear two, wear three. Yet how many people don't want to be doers of the word of God? The great faith heroes in Hebrews 11 demonstrated their faith by their actions, by what they did. Our Heavenly Father is watching to see what we really believe by what we do, by our actions. Do we believe the word of man or do we believe the word of God? In these days, look to the Lord. From this day until the day when we meet the Lord in the air, look to the Lord. In the Old Testament, every time God's people looked to another king to save them, they were defeated every single time. But when they looked to the Lord, they had the victory every single time. Moses said in Deuteronomy 6, beginning in verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home when you walk around along the road, when you lie down, when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads. Who do we represent? 
a man, a platform, a movement, or the greatest one who ever walked this earth, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let's live like it. Write them on your door frames of your houses, your gates. When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to give you a land with large flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful, be careful, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. See, our nation was once a city upon a hill, a light shining. And people have been of the attitude that a man could save us. We already have a Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. And what the Bible says will come to pass. And so in days of ever-increasing wickedness, we don't look to man. We don't look to the government. We look to the Lord. Our help comes from the Lord. Some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Look to the Lord and be careful to give him all the praise, all the credit, all the glory, all the honor. Jesus said in Matthew 22, verse 37, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Can can we say we love the Lord if we don't put him first? Can we say we love the Lord if we're not in his house with our family consistently? Can we say we love the Lord if we put other things first on Sunday? Can we say we, we love the Lord if we put more effort into the promotion of men and women than we do the kingdom of God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. In these days, look to God, not man. Trust God, not man. You know, his word's not changing. Trust him. Trust his word. Give God all the praise, all the credit, all the glory. You might say, Austin, what if I've had the shot or two shots or three? What if you've been boosted? Look to the Lord. Believe God. But trust in the Lord, not man. You might say, Austin, what if I haven't had the shot and I'm not going to? Look to the Lord and believe God. Look to God, not man. Trust God. Trust his word, not man. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And you might say, Austin, see, this, this is part of it. In our nation, we, we've enjoyed living for the Lord without much trial, without much persecution. Well, welcome to the last days. Because it's coming. 
And some of us in our midst, they've had a taste of this. Do this, do that, or you're going to be fired. You're not going to be paid. You're going to lose your job. Austin, what do I do? Look to the Lord. The Lord is our help. The Lord is our provider. And his provision is going to come one way or another. Friends, I know we're always learning how to walk by faith. Well, until the Lord comes, we're really going to have to know and understand how to walk by faith because of the days in which we're living. Please bow your heads. You might be here today and perhaps you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You could be here in person, you could be watching online, but you, you'd say, Austin, I've never asked Jesus into my heart. I've never given my life to the Lord. I, I don't know God. I don't have a relationship with God. God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And evidence, proof of that love is the fact that he sent his son and he gave his life for you. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes on him would not perish but have everlasting life. Friends, there is one Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. There is only one way for a man or woman to be saved. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. This world we live in, it'll tell you that if you're just kind of good enough, you'll be in heaven someday. This world we live in, it'll lie and tell you that if you can come up with your own path to God, those are lies. Jesus said, he said, I'm the way. I am the truth. I am the life. He's the answer. True life, true joy, true peace, true salvation, true health, true healing can only be found in Jesus Christ. You might be here today and you've never given your life to him. You've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior, but you want to. That's you this morning. Raise your hand to where I can see it so I'll know you want me to pray with you. Say, Austin, pray with me. I've never asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior, but I want to. I want to give him my life. I want to become a part of the family of God today. If that's you, raise your hand where I'll see it. You might also be here in time in your life. You prayed a prayer. You walked an aisle. But you have not been living for the Lord. You've been doing your own thing. Perhaps you've been asleep. Asleep and living for self. Asleep in sin asleep and having all kinds of loyalties except to God. The Bible says the mercies of God are new every morning. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful, he is just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can leave here today knowing you have peace with God. That's you. Say, Austin, pray with me. I want to recommit my life. I want to leave here today knowing I have peace with God. If that's you, raise your hand wherever you're seated so I'll know you want me to pray with you. Say, Austin, pray with me. I want to recommit my life. For the sake of the one hand, anyone watching or listening online, we're going to pray. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, and I repent of my sins. I repent of anything unholy and displeasing to you. I give you my life, and I ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I believe he was born on my behalf. 
I believe he lived for me. I believe he lived a perfect life without sin. And he took my sins upon himself. I believe he paid the price I deserve to pay. And I believe you raised him from the dead. And from this day forward, he will live in me. I give you my life. Thank you for welcoming me into your family. Thank you for a new beginning, for a fresh start. Thank you for setting me free of anything that would hinder me in living for you. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, raised your hand or didn't, after the service, see the wonderful people at guest services. Watching online, go to fccarlington.com slash salvation. Fill out the short form. Want to be a blessing to you. We'll send you a copy of God's very own child. If you live nearby, join us in person. Don't live nearby. Find a great Bible-believing church where they're not afraid to preach the truth of God's word. And listen, I understand there are people all over. This past week had an email from a lady in the Netherlands. And I was honest with her. I told her, look, based on where you're living, based on the restrictions, there may not be a great church you can be a part of. And so maybe you just have to find a group of believers meeting in a home. Book of Acts says they met from house to house. I hope everyone realizes that with all this technology, that means you can't put it all over Facebook. Because then the government knows about it. Amen. We could have the wrong attitude about it. Or we could have the attitude that the great saints of God, they would have loved to be here, here, and now. Because we can be the ones going about our lives, Hear the trumpet blast of God. So you got to decide. Going to be a weed? Going to be the wheat. A bride without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. Ready to meet the Lord. He loves us. And if we will look to him, he will never let us do without. Hallelujah. Well, I hope the message was a blessing to you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561. 3400 or send an email to info at Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.